Chapter 10 What kind of company, Cassie? I heard Jake snap. Fifteen, maybe twenty people. They're strung out in a line, coming this way. And I have an equal number coming from the southeast, Rachel said. And, oh man, they have hork with them. It's not even dark and they're bringing hork out, in the open. They want our boy here real badly. I said, It's a big risk running aliens through the woods when they're still light enough to see. They're converging on you, Cassie reported. I have a small troop of hork coming up too. Oh man, this isn't good. You guys are practically surrounded. You have maybe five minutes till they're all over you. Talk about bad timing. It's getting late, Marco pointed out. It's almost dinner time. My dad will give me so much grief if I don't get home in time for dinner. Jake laughed. So did I. It was just so ridiculous having to worry about being grounded when we were halfway surrounded by yurks. We could easily escape, X said. We can all morph some small animal or bird and not be seen. That wouldn't help old Jara Hami here, Marco said. Destruction, Jake said. We need to draw the bad guys away. But the Yurks are looking for a Hork-Bajir, Axe pointed out. Will they be foolish enough to follow any of us? We can only hope they will, Jake said tersely. We can get away, but I don't think we can leave Jarahumi behind. But I had a different idea. Unfortunately... It was a dangerous idea. A very dangerous idea. And the danger would be on someone else, not me. I hesitated. It makes me sick when other people take risks I can't take. Look, uh, there might be a way, I said at last. What? Jake asked. They want a hork to chase, right? Well, we could give them one. Morph a Hork-Bajir? Marco asked. Ew. Jarahami isn't just any animal, Cassie objected. He's sentient. He's self-aware. Axe morphed me once, Jake pointed out. And Cassie, you've morphed Rachel. I'm just saying we have to get Jarahami's permission at least, Cassie said. But whatever you decide, do it quick. I'll do it. I'll morph the hork Rachel said. Suddenly, I saw her glide down through the trees on her huge eagle wings. I need to change morphs anyway. It's getting too dark for eagle eyes. No, I should do it. Axe said quickly. No way. Rachel said. She was already starting to demorph. I have dibs. Dibs? I spoke first, Rachel explained. Axe let it go and focused his main eyes back on the hork Yurks are coming. One of my friends wishes to morph you, to trick the Yurks. Do you agree? Jahami hates Yurks, the big hork said, like that was all the answer he needed to give. Okay then, turn around, Jarahami, 
I ordered the Hork-Bajir. Close your eyes and don't look till I tell you. If you open your eyes, this Ruthin here, this Andalite, will slice and dice you. You got it? Eyes closed. The hork turned around obediently. I would have laughed if I wasn't feeling half-sick with worry for Rachel. I mean, this seven-foot-tall monster was taking orders from a twenty-inch-long bird. But my sense of humor was slightly damaged right then. Rachel was going to morph a hork And then she was going to draw off the yurks. She was going to make them chase her. It made me sick to think about it. It had been my idea. My brilliant idea. And she would take the risk. Rachel began to emerge from her eagle body. She rose up swiftly from the pine needle and rotting leaf floor of the forest. Up and up, a weird, misshapen, nightmare creature made of fair human flesh and dark brown feathers, bright yellow beak, and lengthening legs. I would have given anything to be able to go in her place. But I can't morph. I would be safe in the sky or in the trees while she was trying to outrun the enemy. It was the story of my life lately. My friends went into danger, and I stayed safe. All because I couldn't morph. In a minute, Rachel was no longer a bird, but a human girl. A human girl who, even now, even with all of us scared, managed to look like some smiling magazine cover girl. You don't have to do this, Rachel, I said. It's Rachel's greatest thrill, Marco said. More for hork Hey, she'll finally get to become on the outside what she's always been inside. Shut up, Marco, I snapped. Rachel gave me a look that said, don't worry, Tobias. But she said nothing because she was now fully human. We still didn't want the hork to know we were human. We didn't want him to hear a human voice. The hork stood peacefully as Rachel reached out her slender fingers to touch the creature's back. The hork went slightly limp as she began to acquire him, to absorb his DNA and make it part of her. Guys? Cassie called down from the sky. I'm serious now. The bad guys are definitely getting close. I can see them. With my hawk's hearing, I heard the sound of heavy creatures stomping and crashing clumsily through the woods. I heard the metallic clank of weapons against belts and the muttered commands between human controllers and hork Cassie's right, I said. We're down to two minutes maximum. Rachel gave a nod. She sent me a cocky wink. She closed her eyes and focused on the new morph. And then, Rachel began to change. I wanted to turn away, but somehow, I felt like I owed it to her to watch. It was because of me this was happening to her. I can't tell you how utterly bizarre that scene was. The woods were growing dark. Shadows were deep all around. And even with my hawk's eyes, I couldn't see through the shadows. Overhead, the sky was dark blue, streaked with red and orange, not yet black. True night was still an hour away, but under the shade of the trees, it was night already. We stood there, an insane nightmare of creatures. The hork eyes closed tight. The Andalite, deadly tail twitching nervously at the prospect of battle. The orange and black striped tiger, climbing down from the rocks, moving like liquid power. A gorilla, walking erect, using its massive fists as extra feet. 
and me, the bird boy. And in the middle of our group was Rachel. She was growing taller now. She was already tall for a girl, but now she was quickly heading towards shack size. Her skin was changing. It turned dark, almost green-black. Her feet mutated swiftly from dainty human to the three-toed one-spur feet of the hork Feet that looked like my own talons, except much, much larger. Her face grew elongated. The jaw bulged outward and became smooth as a bullet. Her eyes were narrow, red-tinged slits. And then the blades began to appear. Shwoop! Horn blades exploded from her forehead. Shwoop! Blades appeared at the wrist and elbows. Shwoop! Blades grew at her knees. Rachel had become a walking razor. Seven feet of muscled, deadly speed. So, Rachel said, So this is a hork Chapter 11 You can open your eyes now, I told Jarahami. He did, and he turned to face himself. Rachel was an identical copy of the hork grown from his own DNA. I don't know what I expected, but it sure wasn't what happened next. Heroes! Rachel Bell in a voice that made the leaves quake. Heroes! Jarahami responded. Shut up, you idiots! Marco cried frantically. We're halfway surrounded by yurks! Sew! Rachel slashed viciously at the air. She missed Jarahami by an inch. Half an inch. Jarrah Amir responded instantly with a forward stab of one of his big feet. If it had connected, it would have ripped Rachel's stomach open. But the blow missed by a hair. Rachel slashed and Jarrah Amir slashed. But all the blows missed. Not by much, but they did miss. Back off! Jake yelled. Stop it! I could see he was getting ready to jump in the middle of them. That was all we needed. A three-way fight between two orc and a tiger. Jake, wait. I think... I think it's just a ritual. I said. You see this kind of thing all the time in nature. It's a dominance ritual. The two orc had stopped slashing. Now they preened, circling around each other, stretching up on tiptoes to see who was taller. Hey, we so totally do not have time for games. Marco said. He was right. I saw flashlights through the trees. Jarahami and Rachel bent their heads forward and touched their scythe-like horns together with surprising gentleness. Rachel, are you okay in there? I asked her. What? Um, what? She asked. She was confused. Morphing a new creature is confusing. Sometimes the experience can be overwhelming. The instincts of the creature surface and can even take control for a while. Or that's what everyone tells me, anyway. It's been a while since I morphed. Rachel, we are out of time. Jake said gently. Are you up for this? Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Sure. Sorry. I got kind of caught up there for a minute. I'm not getting Jarahami's thoughts or memories, but I definitely got a big bundle of hork instincts. Jarahami, back in the cave, Jake said. Do not come out. Everyone, get ready. We just want to lead the Yurks away. We are not looking for a fight. 
Rachel, you hear that about not looking for a fight? Mm-hmm, sure. Rachel said, even as she slashed at the air, trying out the Horkbashir blades. Whatever. Rachel, you can still back out of this, I suggested. I'll bet you ten bucks, she says, let's do it, Marco said quickly. Rachel turned her snake-like head toward Marco, and grinned what I think was a Horkbashir grin. Let's go for it. Oh, man! Marco complained. She cheated. And then, the enemy arrived. Suddenly, four human controllers armed with guns crashed clumsily into view. And with them, two Horkbashir. They saw Jake and Rachel and me. They did not see Marco. He lumbered up behind one of the Horkbashir, tapped him on the shoulder, and the instant the Horkbashir turned, Marco landed a punch that would have split a telephone pole. Kaboom! The Horkbashir went down hard. Whoa! One of the humans cried. And suddenly, the controllers weren't chasing us. We were chasing them. I flapped hard and landed on Rachel's forward-swept horn blade. I gripped the bone blade with my talons. What are you doing? Rachel asked. Just hitching a ride, I said. I'm not going to be left out. Not this time. Cool. Let's go. Yeehaw! I yelled with totally, totally fake enthusiasm. We took off through the woods. Rachel's Horkbashir body had an easy loping run that was faster than it seemed at first. I sat there, holding on tight. I was tense and scared and ready for trouble. But at least I was in for the fight, you know? At least I wasn't off somewhere safe while the others ran all the risks. You guys! Cassie called down from above. Stop chasing those controllers! They're setting up a trap! They're leading you right between two bunches of bad guys! Oops! Time to turn around! I told Rachel. Yup. She turned and started running in a new direction. She was like some big tank, and I was the hood ornament. Then... Yeah! Rachel cried. She pitched forward. I pitched forward. We hit the ground hard and rolled through a juniper bush. Sorry, I tripped. You okay, Tobias? Yeah, I think so. I was caught in the branches of the bush. I couldn't fight too hard to get out or I'd damage my feathers. Slice! Slice! Suddenly, the juniper branches were gone. Alright! I like these blades. Rachel said. Excellent. I flirted my wings and hopped up to get back on Rachel's horns. But I must have overshot my goal because suddenly I was flying through the air. No, wait! Hold on! I was up above the trees! Impossible! How did I get here? I hadn't even flown! I'd barely hopped, and now I was up in the sky? What the? I did a quick turnaround, trying to figure out where I was. The sun was setting fast, and there wasn't enough light for me to use my full powers of sight. But I wasn't blind, either. I saw a horned owl floating just at treetop level. Cassie. But she was so far away. Maybe a quarter mile. No way, I said in total confusion. Then I heard gunfire. Quite close. In fact, just beneath me. 
A human voice yelled, Freeze! Freezer put the next shot in your second heart! There was a small clearing below me. I knew the meadow. It was the territory of a Swainson's hawk. Not as nice as my own meadow, but a nice territory anyway. But I wasn't looking for mice in this clearing. I saw three humans, each well-armed surrounding a single orc bajir. Rachel? No, couldn't be. She was back... Back where I should be. Was it Jarahami himself? What was going on? I noticed that one of the human controllers seemed to be sick. He was doubling over like he was having a spasm. No, wait, he was morphing. It took a few seconds for me to be sure. But when I saw the extra stock eyes appear and the sharp-tipped tail, I knew it was an Andalite. There are only two Andalites on planet Earth. One is Axe. The other is not a true Andalite at all. It's a Yurk who uses an Andalite body. The only Andalite controller in all the galaxy. The only Yurk to have the power to morph. Our greatest enemy. Leader of the Yurk invasion of Earth. Murderer of Axe's brother, Alfangor. Visser 3. Chapter 12 Andalites always look like they're right on the borderline between cute and dangerous. But with Visser 3, that line doesn't even exist. It's not that he looks any different outside. I mean, he looks like an older Andalite is all. But there is some dark, evil glow that shines from within him. And when you meet him, you have no doubt, no doubt at all, that he is dangerous. Deadly dangerous. Guys? I called out in thought speak. Um, Jake? Rachel? No answer. I was too far away from them. The Andalite body emerged fully from the human form it had morphed. Well, well. Ket Halpak, Visser 3 said. That is your name, isn't it? Your original Horkbegir name? You've run a nice chase, but it's time to come home now. Visser 3 seldom bothered to whisper his thought speak. I guess when you're that powerful, it never occurs to you to worry that someone might overhear. Ket Halpak, he had called the Hork Bajir. So it was not Jarahami. This was his Kalashi, his wife. They had her surrounded. Two humans carrying shotguns, and Visser 3, armed with all the lightning speed of an Andalite. Not to mention morphs from all the dark corners of the galaxy. There was no way to save the hork female. I'd have to take Visser 3 out, and that wasn't going to happen. See, Andalites, even false Andalites, are impossible to sneak up on. Those extra stock eyes, turning this way and that, always looking in every direction, made it impossible. Unless... Unless there was a distraction. I knew the Swainson's hawk tended to roost in one particular elm tree. The light was too dim to see him. He might not even be there, but if he was... I flapped hard to gain altitude. Not too much. There wasn't time. Just enough. Forty feet. Fifty feet. Sixty feet. Then... I folded my wings and plummeted toward the ground. I screamed in the voice of a red tail. I called again, making sure the Swainson's hawk would hear me. 
and down I came, wings back, and tail narrowed for maximum speed. I aimed straight for Visser 3. If the Swainson's hawk wasn't home, I was toast. Then, a rustling sound from the elm. From the corner of my eye, I saw wings flapping. The Swainson's was coming out to defend his territory against the pushy Redtail. I've never been so relieved to see a fellow hawk. That bird! It's probably one of them! Visser 3 shouted, pointing at the Swainsons. The two human controllers spun and raised their shotguns to their shoulders. And Visser 3, bless his evil heart, turned his stock eyes toward what he thought was a threat. I'm a friend of Jarahami, I said to the hork Get ready! Talons forward, beak thrust out, a sudden flaring of wings to adjust the angle and... Strike! My talons raked Visser 3's exposed stalk eyes from behind. Visser 3 bellowed in pain. Now, run! I told the Hork-Bashir. The shotguns fired. And we were out of there. Out. Of. There. The Hork-Bashir bolted. I flopped like my life depended on it. It did. The Swainson's hawk turned so hard... So fast, I thought he'd been hit. But then he was hauling his tail feathers out of there, too. Andalite filth! I heard Visser 3 scream in my head. But by then, I was out over the trees, and the hork was running flat out below me. And I was just screaming like an idiot from the sheer insane rush of it all. Yes! Yes! Bird Boy shoots! He scores! Yaha! Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, thank you again for listening. I do not have anything special to announce here, so you know the drill. Uh, visit theapocalypse.com. That's theapocalypse.com. Like apocalypse, but with the D in the middle there. And uh, if you use iTunes, leave me a rating and review. I sure would appreciate it. Uh, So, yep. See you next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.